0: The show starts in 3 2
1: Man's- gotcha.
0: <laughs> oh my god, did you see that?
1: <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh baby, it's a big day in
0: sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for them. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to
1: talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast.
0: The In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you exclusively by YouTube. Buy Golf Kicks, screw your shoes. By Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. By dips a CBD pouch crafted and manufactured in Humboldt, California. And by Streamer Loot, check out the in the league of their own merch line today. Welcome to the show, here are your hosts,
1: Austin and Colin
0: hello everyone welcome to episode 107 of in a league of their own podcast today's interesting sports fact takes us over to the grass in tennis where jimmy connors is holds the all-time winningest well most wins on a grass surface with 107 Hmm. shout out to jimmy connors i don't Roger Federer is currently in second with 105. So with three more, he'll move to number one.
1: What's cert like, I guess I don't really know tennis. I, isn't it like a, like a, <clears throat> isn't it? it usually like a rubber, like a rubber slash concrete surface that they play on? I don't know. Like I've never been on uh, a professional yeah, tennis court, but.
0: They have, they have a clay court. And then they have a hard court, which is concrete. And they also have grass. Those are the three surfaces.
1: Hmm. But the grass is like a putting green where it's like super hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's like more of like a turf.
1: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Before we dive into things today again, everybody, um, feel free to check out our socials, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You can find those in the description link below. Uh, if you're in the, enjoying the content here on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Uh, for our audio episodes, check out Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere associated with Anchor, you can find us there. Um, five-star ratings help us move up the charts. And lastly, our merch store, streamerloot.co sweatshirts, stickers, mugs, all that good stuff. You can find that over there, also in the description link below. So, appreciate all the support. Let's dive into it. Um, I mean, we got to start with last night's game. (laughs) Uh, Thursday night football, probably one of the best Thursday night games I've ever watched. Um, Yeah, what are kind of your takeaways from that huge Packers win?
0: I'm going to take away that our defense – um is legit. We were able to step up and stop the high flying Arizona Cardinals offense and also offensive side of the ball how we were able to s- exchange our top 3 wide receivers with th- other three guys, lose Tanyan along the way and we didn't miss a beat. Um we look really really good right now. Definitely I comfortable to say we look like we're the best team in the NFC.
1: Yeah. And I mean, statistically they are now um, having been the, the unbeaten team, the Packers are in a five-way tie of, of uh, well, there's seven and one, there are six and one teams you have to play this week. So it depends how they shake out, but yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like this is finally a, a huge breakout game for the Packers again, missing their top three receivers some secondary guys, past rushers, um, Sedaris Smith still out. Uh, Jalen Smith was a scratch last night. Uh, yeah, defense stepped up huge, um, and a lot of young guys stepped up when needed. Um, Kyler Murray, who is usually four, five, six touchdowns a day or a game through the air and the ground, held to zero touchdowns, two interceptions on the game. Um, but yeah, the only downside of this game is you had mentioned Robert Tunyon uh out for the year with an ACL <clears throat> ACL injury, and also on that huge collision on that kickoff, they lose uh kick returner slash running back, uh Kylan Hill, uh, as well last night. So um obviously a huge win, but it came at a price losing some key guys. So see how they adjust. But I mean, they've shown that they can get it done and Oddly enough, third straight week of Packers offense, 24 points.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we hit on all the points. Uh, Who knows how injured Kyler Murray is as nothing's came out yet on his ankle, but uh, we'll continue to see there. I mean, D-Hop being out of that game after that, his first play going for that touchdown with the face mask, aggravates that hamstring. He kind of was – on the side, you know, on the sideline for a lot of that game, and who know you know, the outcome could have been completely different if he was out there, you know, the whole entire game. Mm-hmm. We got it done. And then shout out to uh, what's his name? Who got the pick? Who Douglas, pra- who was on their practice? squad yeah. for- I'll yeah. be
1: talking more about him. He's part of my feel Good Friday, but yeah, mm-hmm. he got the he got the game winning interception. We'll talk a little bit more about him later, but, yeah. Huge play for him, and then Henry Black, too, who got the first interception. Cardinals get the the ball back to start the second half, down three points. Packers get the pick, go put it in, go up 10. Huge turning point in that game there. Um, I guess sticking with this this game, um, obviously Rodgers is reigning MVP. Does this game put him back in the conversation? I know he's kind of in that bubble – where odds wise and people making lists, he was in that like four to seven MVP talk range. You dethrone Kyler Murray for the for for the mean, for the mean time being. Rodgers, without his top three weapons, still gets it done. Two touchdowns to his boy Cobb. Um, less than 200 yards passing, but again, we knew that the run game was going to be a huge part. Super balanced. They're pretty much 50-50 run and pass last night. Rodgers now seven and zero without Devontae Adams. Um, It's hard to say that this guy isn't still one of the great, isn't still the greatest uh, quarterback on the face of the planet, alongside Tom Brady. Um, But again, do you think this kind of puts him back in the MVP conversation, or do we still need to see him, like, build off of this to put him up there? I mean,
0: that's. I say he slides into the top. I'd keep him in the top four: uh, Brady, Murray, Stafford, Jared, or Josh Allen, and Rogers. So those top five all really have made impactful plays, done things, you know, to get to get it done uh, without some of their top guys. Especially, I mean, even Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry could be in that conversation as well. Um, the Ravens, you know, being without 18 of their players, you know, at the beginning of the year. And I think they're only down to 11 yet still on the IR, but yeah, definitely this does make a huge case where if there were sort of be like a tiebreaker at the end of the season, this I feel like would give Rogers the extra nod on the road, facing an undefeated team without your top three. Like this should be the extra piece. That would just be the, like the frosting on the cake.
1: Mm -hmm. And right now, a lot of, a lot of, I think right now, Tom Brady is the favorite. He, over the past week or two, he's kind of slid into that number one spot, which again, he's amazing doing what he does, leading the league for uh, touchdowns and yards right now. But again, look at the rest of his team. Look at last week versus the, the bears. They went, yes, they went 38 to three, but again, you put a backup in there. You score a touchdown, you win that game. <laughs> uh, uh, like, like they don't need to score thirty-eight points to win that game. So again, l- looking at last night's situation, you take Rodgers out of the equation, they probably don't win that game easily. You look at la- again last week, Bears versus Bucks. You take Brady out of that game, Bucks still win by instead of thirty-five, they win by twenty-something. So um, again, that's another case to make. Looking at Matthew Stafford in L.A., you take him out, um, still have a decent run game and a great defense. But again, like you said, the the defense really stepped up. they show that they have it this year, even though they're really the only playing with, I think, seven, six or seven of true starters. The rest are second and third strings that are in right now.
0: Yeah, I mean... What you need is to win the games when you're not mm-hmm. at full strength during the regular season. And in the playoffs, we kind of got talked about that in mm-hmm. the last episode, and we got it done. Not to any of our surprises, we both picked the Packers to win.
1: Yeah, which I mean, both of us thought be a much closer game, but um, I mean, because I was like, oh, the either it's going to be a like a couple point game either direction, or the Cardinals are going to win a, by a blowout, and I mean. It could it should, I mean, it should have been a blowout, at least on paper. The Packers should have won 31-21, but that Aaron Jones touchdown gets called back and they get stuffed the next two plays as well. So the Packers go up 10 there. That kind of takes the I mean, you could feel the whole momentum switch that game. Cardinals get the stop on the goal line there, and it's like, oh crap. Defense is playing well, but they mark. Um, what was at Third and 19, they convert for 20, like 30 some yards. They got 23. Yeah. I, uh, Carly Murray standing in his own end zone. Um, uh, really took him three plays to get across midfield, and it was like, all right, Packers aren't gonna get in their way. Um, and I mean ultimately that interception came down to AJ Green not being on the same page, he's on the same page, turns around. AJ Green, one of the biggest body receivers in his in the NFL still. Um 50 50 ball, more like a 60 40 ball for him, probably. But
0: and even if they don't complete the pass there and it's an incomplete pass, you still have the ball,
1: yeah. You still have the ball. It was that was on for second and goal, so you still got two more chances if you want to win the game. Um, but they had no timeout, so if if they come up short on like a run, that's game because they can't stop and the that's clock. why
0: they couldn't run it,
1: yeah. But
0: and with Kyler Murray, too, after his ankle on that him not being able to roll out to the right at all. I feel like that was the miscommunication on that play where AJ green probably thought that, Hey, Murray's going to dash over to the side. He's either going to throw it to me on a comeback, or he's going to take it as far as he can and get out of bounds where he couldn't, he literally caught the ball and he didn't even move. He just turned and fucking threw it. Like he's definitely got to be pretty hurt, Um, Mm -hmm. but Shout-out to the kid for fighting through it and almost – I mean, if he wins that game, he's MVP. hmm Like, what a drive at the end of the game there. And also, shout-out – I really want to say, like, one of the best plays I've ever seen. Obviously, you're going to talk about him again, but that corner, just – the reflex to not be able to see the ball through his body, to see it pass his back shoulder, stick your hand out, and then grab, like. That was a win or lose play. You know, like they – in Arizona's that team, too. They'll roll the dice. They go for it on fourth down. They're, they're the aggressive type of team, and that was an aggressive type play. Sometimes you get it. Sometimes you don't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, nonetheless, Packers moved to 7-1. and one. Uh, Again, top of the NFC. And – They don't have a bye week till week thirteen. I know we were talking last episode, and I was under the assumption that they will now have two and a half weeks to rest. But they have a game in Kansas City next Sunday night um, for week nine, and they don't have a bye week till week thirteen. So they still have a couple weeks. And honestly, I think the Packers usually get kind of stuck with that like early kind of mid bye week. A week thirteen bye week is going to be huge, to where you come out of that, you have four more weeks of football before you hit the playoffs. I feel like week 13 is one of the best spots to have a bye week this year to kind of get rested, get readjusted, make any adjustments you need to make, um, and then make that final push for the last four games. So, I mean, they have a tall task ahead of them. they got some tough games still ahead of them. But, yeah, I guess wrapping things up there, huge win Thursday night.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, I guess kind of going into some other injuries around the league, Uh, Julio Jones, again, dealing with that hamstring. He's ruled out for Sunday's game. Um, Look for A.J. Brown to kind of get the bulk of the touches there. I I don't know what his health status is. I know he played last week, but who knows what he's still dealing with there. Um, Another receiver, Antonio Brown, out again. I actually saw pictures of this week at practice. He wasn't even practicing. He was walking around with crutches and a boot on his foot. So, a lower leg injury from the looks of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that Bucks team is still rolling either way. But
0: Yeah, um, Chicago Bears also out Khalil Mack Sunday versus San Francisco 49ers. And then um, that's kind of all for the injuries. And just one thing I want – two things I want to touch on here. One, what do you think about Brian Flores coming out and saying Tua is the start of the rest of the season no matter what? One – and two, where do you think Deshaun Jackson's going to end up now that he's requested a trade from the Rams? And there's four days to the three days to the deadline.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, it's down. I guess starting first with down in Miami, they were in the mix of that Deshaun Watson rumors. Deshaun Watson comes out and says, "No, if you want to trade me to Miami, I don't. I don't give the okay to go there." So it kind of forces Miami's hand, which. Brian Flores the past week or so has come out and said, "Oh, we're committed to Tua. He's our guy." And then today he comes out again basically solidifying last time I'm going to say this, Tua is our guy rest of the season no matter what. Um obviously gives him confidence uh that the Dolphins team is in a tough spot. What are they one in? They're one in 6 right now, right? One in 7. Who? Dolphins. Yes. They won week one versus the Patriots. And, and they've, they've lost
0: since. You know. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, obviously they're going to have to turn things around quickly and go on a huge win streak to try to get in the playoffs, which I don't see happening. But try to build confidence going into next year. Again, Tua has dealt with injuries. The, this Dolphins team has just kind of been at the bottom of the AFC for some time. Last year just barely missed the playoffs if they can get back to that, yeah, it'd suck for that. Like either they're going to miss the playoffs or that's going to be like last year, they're going to barely be out again, which again would suck for them to barely be out. But if they can make a push to get that close again and say, okay, two stays healthy. We go out and get a missing piece or two on both sides of the ball. We're a playoff team. So, um, I mean, still a long season ahead, technically we're not even at the halfway point. So if they, they could turn things around, I mean, realistically, they finished 10 and seven if they went out. So that's, that's pretty on the cusp of playoffs. Again, I don't see that happening. They probably are going to get a couple more losses. Heck, they could go one and 16 to finish the year. Who knows? But nonetheless gives to a confidence. That's at least a good takeaway out of that. And then over to Sean Jackson, kind of a, I left field for him to kind of sit say he wants to be traded when he's come up huge with some big plays, big chunk plays for that Rams offense. Again, Rams are only a one-loss team.
0: He's only got, like, four catches on the season.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. So, it's more or less he wants more looks. He wants to go somewhere well, to get more looks. And,
0: yeah, and all the underthrown balls from Stafford hasn't been able to hit him on all of the ones that could have been touchdowns every single time. Like, his stats this year aren't the, isn't that good. And I was reading into more on that situation and it seems like he approached uh, mcveigh and basically was like hey i know you're not giving me as many opportunities like what i know basically i feel like they coddled to get him in there and then him not getting the production or even the balls thrown to him that he probably was promised to come there he's probably like i want to go somewhere else where i'm actually going to get the ball Like, Mm -hmm. I can still do it this old in my career. I'm still one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Clearly, the one or two times you use me a game, if that, aren't enough for me. And I'm looking at some high-flying teams like DeHop going out, Cardinals. This could make sense to try to go get him. Green Bay, take a top-off receiver. I know MVS is kind of that guy, but... We kind of have Deshaun Jackson on a cheap deal bringing in another vet. I feel like never would hurt.
1: Yeah. And like you mentioned, looking at his stats for the year, he's got eight catches, 15 targets for 221 yards, 20 over 27 and a half yards a catch. So like you said, he's one of those blow the tops top off a of defense kind of guys. Um, but again, 15 targets puts him seventh, seventh for receipt for receiving. Um Uh, what's it uh, uh, Henderson, Daryl Henderson. He has more targets. Higby, the tight end has more targets. And then again, finds himself last on the list for targeted receivers. So it makes sense. Again, he realizes I'm getting to the end of my prime, but still looking at the guy, he still is in his prime. He can slice and dice the defense and, uh, run away with it over anybody um, but yeah, I mean, for him to go to Arizona, Green Bay, two good spots for him to go. Um, even uh, New England, there's they're st- all all the money that they spent into the receivers, the the uh, off season moves that they made. They're they're a sub 500 team right now. They could use somebody to blow to kind of come in and add some. Uh, diversity to that pass pass offense for Mac Jones um but again he's one of those guys where really look at every single team he could fit in except for like the cheap the chiefs or the bucks would be the only two teams that wouldn't make sense but it, it seems like they're the teams that always step up and grab these guys for no reason and kind of waste their talent so
0: so nobody else can get them yeah I feel like the Rams kind of used him just to beat the Bucks, and then kind of like, all right, because he had his touchdown in 120 yards that game. So take that game away. He's not used at all, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunate situation there. Hopefully he ends up on a team that can go the distance because that'd be cool to see. I love seeing old vets uh, go join a team and win a Super Bowl. I feel like that's always a cool thing. And then my last question for you, how do you think Baker Mayfield is going to fare this weekend with that shoulder now that it yeah. has been announced that he is the starter?
1: Yeah. Uh, he came out and said this week, um, taking that week off helps. He's as close to hundred percent as he's going to get, but again, it's going to come down to pain, pain tolerance. He takes one big hit shoulder reseparates. It could be a repeat, a repeat of two weeks ago to where when they played the Cardinals, they just completely fell apart because, um, on the fly, you got to put your backup in and try to get him to come back and win a game. Um, who the Browns even play this week? Steelers. Steelers. So a division matchup, a lot riding on this game, kind of a, I mean, the two bottom teams in that, in that division. So whoever wins kind of gets that uh, gets back ahead and in the mix, whoever loses falls that much farther behind in that division. So there's a lot riding on that game than this weekend. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's in Cleveland, which I feel like Cleveland always plays well at home. But I don't know. The Steelers team, of course, getting that huge win over Seattle a week ago. Um, I feel like they're, they're going to try to come in, and uh, Big Ben's obviously going to try to show, hey, I still got it. Um, I don't know. Baker, as we've talked about time and time again, Baker Mayfield has obviously helped turn that browns team around but he's not mvp-esque to where he's going to turn the game around if he's in or he's in or not in it's it comes down to their run game like chub chub uh cream hunt are they healthy are they in or is it going to be that um what was his name johnson that had that big thursday night game last week um i don't know I mean, obviously they're a better team with him, but again, he's not that MVP type of guy where, oh, Baker's playing this week, we got the dub. Like, he's not one of those guys yet, so. Uh,
0: and I feel like that's why he is playing is because the Browns still aren't sold on him as their long-term franchise quarterback. So if he's able to play, I feel like he's going to try to play. And the it's a broken femur bone and a torn labrum. So a broken bone and a torn labrum, I know that bone was heals really quickly, but that torn labrum that's just, that's not going to go away until you get that surgically repaired. So, I don't think he makes it through the full game this weekend. I think yeah. we're going to see Case Keenum under center.
1: Yeah, and it, and kind of what we were talking about last week, they get the the win over Denver. They lose that game. They might force Cleveland's hand to say, "All right, Baker, get the get the surgery. We're we're down this year." But again, they're four and three. They're above five hundred. Still in the mix for a playoff run. Now, if they lose, fall to four and four. Down on the head to head to the Steelers, so they'd have to beat them the other time this year just to uh, tie that head to head. If they lose this weekend, do they maybe go to
0: last place in the North? Yeah. And I don't think they're going to catch Cincinnati or Baltimore.
1: No. So they'd be playing Um, for a wild card spot. but
0: Which is a long shot.
1: Yeah, because you look at the AFC West, um, aside from Denver, all three of those teams are playoff teams right now. You look at the South, Colts could turn things around, be a wild card team. Titans are well on their way. Um, And then, obviously, in the East, Buffalo, they're kind of standing out.
0: New, New England, only two games back. I feel like if they can get a win against them head-to-head this season, because they already played once, correct?
1: Patriots and Buffalo, I don't think they have.
0: Nope, Nope, they haven't. They played December 6th, and then in two weeks – or three weeks, the 26th, the day after Christmas. So that's going to be some meaningful football games down at the end of the season playing – the team who is going to be right behind you in the standings, hoping to knock you off that horse.
1: Yeah. um, But again, that uh, I guess back to that Browns team there. I mean, it's early again. It's hard to say, oh, this is a desperate win situation, make or break kind of game, but it kind of is because I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the Browns lose this game, if they scratch Mayfield for the rest of the year and say, go get your surgery so that you can be ready for next year, which if they do that, then obviously they want to. Yeah. Because again, huge, huge rise in in salary. There's going to be a lot, there's a lot of guys on one year deals going to be moving around next year. Um,
0: Thirteen quarterbacks from college coming in.
1: mm -hmm. And yeah, looking at, I, I, I didn't realize how kind of lack Mayfield only for shy 1500 yards on the year, six touchdowns, three picks. The three picks is, is good for him, not throwing that many picks, but only six touchdowns through seven weeks. Given he's only and played you have six.
0: Jarvis Landry and OBJ as wide well, receivers. Yeah, used.
1: yeah, and Austin Hooper.
0: He's not a thrower. David Njoku. He's, he's a game manager. He's not a aired out franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that can manage a game and hope to God that he just doesn't turn the ball over. Pretty much but outside of that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, what the Browns are going to do going forward. About to see.
1: Yeah. And the last bit of news I have here for the NFL, um, a trade that, that happened, uh, essentially right after the, um, game Monday night, Saints, uh, Seahawks, Mark Ingram back in new Orleans after getting traded from Houston. Um, Kind of, I mean, obviously, a great situation for Ingram. Go from a Texans who are a one-win team to the Saints who are right there in the mix as a playoff team this year. Gets reunited with Kamara. I know Kamara's super excited. um As much as I mean, Kamara's love tearing tearing up these teams, and I mean for myself, having him as my fantasy running back, it's fun. it's awesome watching him do, have the production he has. But at the same time, it's a long season. He needs somebody reliable. He needs a vet who can step in on when he needs a breather or on a third down to um, take that wear and tear off his body. So I know he, that team's excited to get him back and we'll kind of see how much they use them going forward this year.
0: Yeah. And just, just like I said, on Wednesday as well, um, this now makes the possibility for a two headed monster out of the backfield for new Orleans, take the pressure off of Kamara, like you just stated. And, I feel like he's also a reliable weapon out of the backfield as well to catch some passes. Um, Remembering when him and Drew Brees were together, he'd catch a lot of those swing passes, screens, and take it to the house because he is a dynamic running back. So I feel like this is a great pickup, especially right before you're about to face your division rival in the Bucks.
1: Yeah, which I I guess kind of talking about that game, as as you mentioned it, it's kind of a – somewhat of a revenge game for Jameis he spends the first couple years of his career down in Tampa goes up sits a year behind uh Drew Brees had some time there with Drew being out with injury um and now this year has solidified himself as QB1 I know in the couple pressers this week he's talked about not letting the emotions get too high trying to keep a level head but still saying I want to beat my old team just like anybody does um what do you kind of I mean, the Bucs, I don't know what the spread is, but I'm assuming the Bucs are favored in that game. Um, do you think the Saints have a chance? And do you think Jameis finally takes the lid off this week and balls out, even though he's, I mean, still efficient, but is only good for 150 to 250 yards a game? He's not a three, 400-yard guy.
0: I feel like they definitely have a chance, just like any any team on any given day has a chance to be anybody else. But also, it's going to come down to how they start the game. If they start slow, Bucks are going to dog walk them just like they did to the Chicago Bears, who have a great defense. Um, Saints also have a great defense. Offense has been hit or miss this year. So if they if they can't get going early against the Buccaneers' defense, it's going to be a long game for them. As Tom Brady and the Bucs, you're going to do what they do, throw, score touchdowns, run time of possession, you know, just stat pad, basically. And that's what they do, and they kick everyone's ass doing it, especially last week against the Bears. I feel like that they kind of showcase that to the league that, hey, we're we're coming for every single team. Watch how many points we're going to score. Yeah, it should be a good game. Always with the division games, kind of the odds you can kind of throw out the window um, when you have a division rival, but I think the Bucks are definitely gonna get it done.
1: Sounds good. Um, the wrapping up our NFL segment here for the week are win lock upset picks for the week. Um, who do you have as an outright winner? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yep. Um, I'm picking the Rams on the road in Houston, uh, getting the W there. Um, your lock for the week.
0: My lock for the week is going to be the Bills over the Dolphins.
1: Sounds good. I'm taking the Bengals over the Jets. Um, uh, Bengals on Mike White. (laughs) No
0: one knows, you know, no one has any film on this guy. No one knows what he can do. So it could be one of those crazy games where this kid makes himself a career.
1: Yeah. Um, shoot! I think I didn't write it down, but speaking state st- or speaking of the Jets, they will be without Corey Davis after su- suffering a hip injury. So, Mike White's got one less guy to go to go to this weekend. And then, lastly, your upset pick for the week.
0: I'm going to take the Vikings over the Cowboys.
1: Vikings are favored. What? Yeah. That was my upset pick. I have Cowboys over Vikings. Vikings are three-point favorites.
0: That's fucking insane. Cowboys are five and one. Um damn. Who's favorite in the Patriots? Chargers.
1: Chargers, four and a half. Another – I mean, it's kind of a shot in the dark, but again
0: hey, – our Colts the dogs against the Titans?
1: Colts are favored by two and a half. Oh, my <laughs>
0: God. What about the uh, Falcons over the – Falcons favored over the Carolina?
1: Falcons favored by
0: three. Oh. Lions? Philly by three and a
1: half. Let's go fucking MCDC. Let's go Lions. (laughs) Yeah, I was uh, looking like uh, um, Eagles on the road again, inconsistent Lions hopefully get their first win on the year. Otherwise, another game I was looking at, again, shot in the dark, but would be the epitome, the definition of an upset. Jags on the road in Seattle, a team that has struggled. Uh, Jigs looking desperate to get another win on the year against Seattle at home. I think they're, they're, they haven't won a game at home yet this year. So that kind of throw that out the window. Um, I mean, I, I didn't pick them, but again, that would be
0: a. I'm going to take new England actually.
1: Taking new England. Yeah. Okay. Sounds just good.
0: Because I was just, just thinking back after all the trickery, the lions tried to pull on the Rams and it, it didn't, work. didn't work. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go with Mac Jones. feel like he's going to have a breakout game and upset Herbert on the road Sounds good. It'll be the pads.
1: Well, cool, cool. Uh, We'll move on here then to some NBA talk. Um, I guess the one injury that's kind of stuck out, the one to mention, Chicago Bulls lose forward Patrick Williams for the season with a wrist injury that is going to require surgery. Um, I mean, that team's still rolling, uh, but nonetheless, a big part of that. That Bulls team that they're going to be without that Somebody's going to have to step up And fill that fill that place So um, Yeah that's kind of really the only Injury worth noting um, I guess Not injury related but more or less Suppressing their play a, a point that's kind of come up a lot Recently James Harden struggling To be productive on that Nets Offense Yeah
0: because he's not getting those fucking pussy calls That he used to get yeah. 40 times a game We called it at the beginning of the – before the season started. I believe the exact words was, if they're going to call this like they did to the taunting in the NFL, if they're going to be focused on this rule and not calling this, James Harden is not the player that he was, I think was quote for quote what we said um, before the season started. But, yeah, it's showing and it's proving its case Mm -hmm. that James Harden is – kind of a washed-up player. Obviously, he still has his sick moves in his occasional one good game that he'll have in a week, but without him getting to the line 30, 25, 30 times a game, he ain't putting up 40, 50, 60 points like he always used to.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, too, looking at kind of some of the highlight reel of calls that he's looking to try to make, There's t- uh, when they played the Heat, there's twice that he... He put the moves on Bam Adebayo, had him beat to the basket, slowed down, forced contact, didn't get the call. Like, dude, take it to the basket, take your easy two. He's for uh, – another play, Jimmy Butler, uh, a guy set a screen for him, he comes around the corner, hooks Jimmy Butler's arm to try to force force a defensive foul. Ref, ref sees a play in his day, you hooked his fucking arm to try to force him to run into you. Um, I think it's – I mean – I've always respected James Harden as, okay, yeah, he's a, great, he's a great guy from range, but he's one of those guys that I, I can't stand, like, just the way he plays the game. And he's finally, best it's nice. the individual
0: basketball player of all time.
1: Yeah. put yeah. him on
0: a shit team where there's nobody else, dude's amazing because he has the ball in his hands all the time and doesn't have to pass it. But now where you have KD, the best player in the world on your team who obviously wants the ball – it just doesn't – it ain't going well. It just doesn't – it doesn't seem like it's a perfect fit. Where last year he was getting away with those calls and he was still getting to the free throw line. This year's completely different. Mm-hmm. That team looks like they're in trouble.
1: Yeah. And for a lot of people who are like, oh, he's getting targeted. He's the only guy ha- dealing with this. Trey Young on the Hawks played a very similar way, kind of bump, bumping guys, trying to force fouls he's complete he's revamped his game he's gotten away from that and he's still being productive. Uh, Hawks are still winning games. So I mean Harden's late later in his career he's been around for a long time so it might be harder for teaching old dog new tricks but if he wants to stay relevant and help his Nets team win and, and put put points on the board he's going to have to adapt his game to try to like get more I- isolated shots where instead of him Trying to make a tough shot over a guy and get the follow call and either go to the line or get an and one, he's gonna to have to just start knocking down shots like the other ninety nine percent of the NBA has to. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting situation there, but we'll kind of see again if he's gonna adapt or if he's just gonna run that Nets team into the ground because again, without Kyrie, KD is running the show, and with these super teams that are forming across the league, KD's not gonna be able to do it himself even if he is the best player on the planet um, going against two or three guys who were all pro caliber versus one guy, the three guys are going to win every time. Um, I guess another point going into here. Uh, Lakers looked to bounce back tonight after blowing a 26 point lead versus the thunder on Wednesday, again, without LeBron, who's dealing with an injury uh, Russell Westbrook against his old thunder team. Um him and Davis looked really good. Uh third quarter had a 26 point lead, and they're the Lakers in the last 40 seasons were like 320 something and oh
0: 250 and oh
1: 250 and oh when leading by 25 points or more. Um and they obviously break that streak Wednesday. A Lakers team that's struggling. Um
0: Let's, let's go OKC.
1: Yeah. Um a team again, Oklahoma City Thunder one of the youngest teams in the league. I'm pretty sure. What was it? The, um, I can't remember who they compared it to, if it was KD or LeBron, whatever it was, the entire starting five on OKC is cheaper than like LeBron, like for a year, your salary or KD, whoever it was, they're paying, they're paying their entire starting squad less than what one player, it was somebody big was getting. So, um, Obviously, Thunder looking to rebuild that team. But, yeah, getting a huge win over the Lakers. And, again, the Lakers off to a slow start, might be eating these words in a couple months, but they're not looking like a West West Conference powerhouse like they're expected to be this year.
0: Yeah. And then um, last – only thing that I have really on the NBA is uh, Brooklyn Nets owner comes out and says choice to not have Kyrie Irving play is a team decision and not just a decision about him himself. Um haven't talked since October 12th. I mean, that's 17 days. That's kind of a long time to not be talking to one of your superstar players who I believe they're still paying him, correct?
1: In some facet, I'd imagine he's got to be in some kind of money.
0: But yeah, it's it's pretty crazy to see. Um, and the owner who's a strong advocate for being vaccinated is Basically pleaded his case saying, the fact is, if you're not vaccinated and you catch COVID, you have a much higher probability of getting very, very sick and end up in the ICU and possibly die. That's the consequence, quote, unquote, um, owner of the Brooklyn Nets. When, if you actually look at the science, especially coming out of Italy, not to make this like political or anything, but this guy's got to get his facts checked. Um seven out of 10 people actually who are passing away over in Italy are vaccinated. So I feel like no one really knows all these numbers is coming out from everywhere, all completely different. Everybody's DNA is completely different. There's no right or wrong choice in the matter of being vaccinated or unvaccinated. And I feel like New York city should do, do, do it's due, do diligence and have people who, aren't vaccinated be able to attend these events just like vaccinated people. Um, dumb. But yeah, that's all I had in the NBA.
1: Sounds good. Yeah. Just wrap up a couple more points here. Then uh, Giannis drops his first 40 point game of the season versus the Timberwolves. They did go on to lose that game, but Giannis picking up where they left off last year, uh, MVP caliber. Uh, Knicks give the Bulls their first loss of the year uh, on Wednesday and the Jazz at 4-0 remain the last unbeaten team in the NBA. Um, do they play tonight? They do not. They play tomorrow. So they will remain unbeaten for at least one more day. Yeah, that's all that's going on over in the NBA. Um, over to the MLB, just uh, throwing out there quick, not a whole lot of news. But uh, Game 3 kicks off to, for the World Series tonight at, just after 7 o'clock in Atlanta. Astros, Astros, Luis Garcia, Braves, Ian Anderson are expected to be on the mound. Um, pivotal game three, series tied 1-1. Games three, four, and five in Atlanta. So Atlanta, Atlanta does have the chance to close it out with a game five at home. Um, what do you think gets the game three win tonight?
0: I think Atlanta's going to take the first one at home. Crowd's going to be chopping away. Things are going to be going nuts. That place is gonna be so loud. Um, all the advantage right now is in Atlanta's hands. If they don't score early, though, watch out.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I mean I think that they're gonna win. I think Astros are eventually gonna steal one. They're not gonna, they're not gonna close out three straight games and win this World Series at home. I think it is gonna go to a game six or seven back in Houston. But if they if Atlanta can um get two or three out of, at home here and force elimination the rest of the way like we said kind of checking off that first box atlanta had to get a win in houston they they did it kind of checking that second box if they get a game a win in game 3 or 4 they're on the right track to kind of go the distance um yeah should be a good game tonight
0: yeah should be
1: and then over to the nhl here what's the latest over there
0: So, latest going on in the NHL, um, obviously, through the midst of the Chicago Blackhawks uh, scandal, sexual assault case that has gone on, Florida Panthers coach Joe Quenville resigns and assistant coach Andrew Burnett takes over, as Joe Quenville thought that this would just be a proper thing to do. Him and the NHL agreed that he needs to step away and he said that he wants he wanted to step away himself after this whole thing surfaced, and doesn't see himself putting himself back into a hockey space until he knows that every single place in hockey is safe. Um, he can't believe that this whole thing happens. Um, also, tied into this thing, Winnipeg Jets GM Kevin Chaveldevov shall a day off um he is not going to be disciplined for this action as he was the assistant gm in the 2010 season when that happened so he kind of really had no ties so really what was going on um however turns out all documents and stuff have been deleted erased whatever nobody Knows what's going on, and the Blackhawks have denied to comment on whether or not they're going to investigate on the deletion of all that stuff. Um, also, Chicago Blackhawks owner asks for the convicted sex offender's name, not going to say it, to be removed from the Stanley Cup also. Um, the NHL says that they have to talk to, they have like some committee or whatever to figure out how hard that would actually be to do that. Cause I think that they would have to redo the whole entire layer of the cup, like all the names just without that one and like fill it in. I have no idea how that would work because it's engraved in a piece of metal. So I have no, no clue how they would go about covering that up, but yeah, that that's where that stands right now. And I kind of was talking to one of my buddies the other yesterday, actually on this thing, I feel like the NHL really wanted to do right all the members of that Chicago Blackhawks team of that 2010 season should also all be let go um, because they also knew that this was going on as Jonathan Taves came out and said that they all knew the following training camp, and this has been 10 years since then, and nothing is – like, that can't happen. Um, obviously, Patrick Kane being involved in that as well, being a superstar on the end – who knows what the NHL is going to do regarding this whole situation as far as when it comes to the players. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see some action. If they're going to start action coaches and GMs of other teams, you might as well come after the players, too, because they were a part of it, too. You can't just turn a blind eye to the fact that one of the people involved, not involved, but knew about the situation, could have said something, didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, just an interesting situation. Um, yeah, Carolina though cruises last night remains unbeaten. Um, they, they beat the Boston Bruins. I think it was three to, one, six to three. Let me check here. Three zero actually shut out. So awesome. Awesome for the hurricanes to see them rolling. For those of you, uh, who are also Spitting Chicklets fans, as well as myself, they actually had, uh, they have on? But the current player of Carolina was, they had a little thing. And they were talking about Rob Brindamore, their coach, and how one of their workouts they do is an aerial salt bike. And you have to keep your heart rate at a certain pace for a certain amount of time. And it's all set on all these machines. Well, Brindamore, their coach loves the, compete with the boys and win and then fucking rub it in everybody else's face that he, like he passed it, yada, yada, yada. They also asked him cause he's jacked as a coach. Turns out he rips two days for workouts, comes in before the boys and he comes in before a pregame and just gets a workout in around two o'clock. That's why this guy is just jacked. <laughs> but a lot of the players really look up to him as he's still doing it. Former player, Stanley cup winner, now coach who continues to still put that work in. I feel like having a coach buy in and be working that hard to be right there with the team, I feel like that could be a huge reason that camaraderie and that team is super close and they're unbeaten, 7-0. and So, shout out. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Excuse me, 6-0, 4 was 7-0. and Sorry. But, uh, yeah, unbelievable there. And then Flyers catch a W last night. They become 4-1-1 on the season. Nice little turnaround um, from their start. Kraken also pick up a win last night. Uh, Pretty cool to see them kind of rebound from their shit start that they had, now putting a couple games together. Um, Have you watched any of their games yet?
1: I watched the first one, and I watched the – um, third one. Who would they play? The one right before the Flyers. Whoever they played what was that Oilers,
0: Vancouver. I think
1: Vancouver. Yeah, I watched both of those.
0: Yeah. Um. Have you seen their? <laughs> have you seen their uh, Tanif Cam that they have?
1: Tanif Cam.
0: Arena? The guy from Pittsburgh. Have you seen? Oh.
1: His, with yeah. The- yeah. His like. His his like. Mug shot for like the team. He's got fucking crazy eyes.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny. He actually explained the stories on Spinch and Spin two episodes ago on how he just came in, not even ready, whatever, just snapping and pics. And he's like, it just seemed really weird how like the people peop- person who took the camera asked if I wanted to take like redo the pictures like fifteen times. His assistant, like, agent asked if he wanted to redo his headshots a couple of times. He just said, no, it's just a fucking picture. It's just a picture. And he had no idea that that's what it looked like until he literally saw it in the book, like, printed out after. And he's just like, oh, that's why they wanted me you know? <laughs> <laughs> to redo it. He didn't even have any idea that that's what it was. But, yeah, they have a TANF cam in Seattle where they put his picture up on the Jumbotron, and then they scan. It's like the KISS cam. Oh. Go over to somebody, and they fucking <laughs> just bug out. It's pretty cool. Uh, Seattle's got a pretty romp. Seems like they got things rocking pretty well over there, being a new franchise, getting their feet underneath them, three, four, and one on the year. Um, Canadians finally bounce back, get a win over the Sharks, who are a really good team. Um. Yeah. Got to give a shout out to that meme. Have you seen that about Cole Caulfield? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So there's a lady holding up a sign that says, I'm a lesbian, but Caulfield, can I have that stick? <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, this posted, uh, all those going all over Insta the other day. Uh, so hilarious there. Blues end up getting beat by the avalanches. They're back to full strength um, with their whole crew. And this is going to be a fun season. Obviously, Blackhawks still in the shitter. Um, They play one of the hottest teams in the league, if not the hottest team in the league tonight. St. Louis Blues coming off that loss. They're going to be ready to – man, I just – everybody in that Blackhawks organization, it's going to be a rough year. It's going to be a rough year, I feel like. Um, This whole issue, I feel like, is going to be glooming over this team. This team. I mean, my buddy that I was talking to, he said that they should just trade Taves out of town. They should trade Kane out of town. They should trade all these people who were on that team back then in that point who were still on the team away to some shit team. And I was like, why don't you make them suffer on the Hawks in the midst of all of it and on a shit team? Like this is, they got to face double the music. Yeah, there was a big media city i'm sure they can't walk anywhere without people you know i mean fan base isn't happy and <laughs> just what a shit storm
1: they mm-hmm. yeah, like, are they're winless on the, they're 05 0 6
0: they are
1: i don't think they've got a win yet this year
0: i don't think so either i think they're 06 and 1 let me check 0-5-2. 0-5-2. They are currently second last in the NHL. Oh, six and one is the Arizona Coyotes. So, no. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. But yeah, that's all I got really for the NHL. Um, college football this weekend. Some big games yeah. coming up. Um, first off, who do you who do you think is going to win? Iowa or Wisconsin?
1: Some reason, freaking Wisconsin's favorite again. Um, they are at home, so I mean, I mean the Camp Randall factor, I guess, is in a going to be in, definitely in effect on on Saturday. Well, tomorrow, I should say. I don't know. I mean, Iowa slips up one week, and everybody thinks that they're done for. I think Iowa gets it done. I don't know. I feel like I don't know if it's going to be a cakewalk, but I don't think Wisconsin's going to win.
0: I, I as well pick Iowa. Um, yeah, and then jumping to the other two Big Ten games that we have going on, Ohio State, Penn State. Who do you think wins that one? Uh,
1: I mean, uh, Clifford, Penn State quarterback, looks like he's going he's gonna to be a go, um, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think Penn State at Ohio State, Ohio State still trying to bounce back from their loss to Oregon. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously they're a one loss team, so they, they have a long slate ahead of them if they're going to, um, try to make the top four. They currently sit at five, so they're right there. This could be a statement game for them to get back there. But again, Penn State coming off of a loss to unranked Illinois. Um, they're probably going to be pissed off looking for a revenge game, but, Ohio State, 19.5-point favorites. Seems a little steep, but I think Ohio State's got it.
0: I think Ohio State's going to win as well. Um, do you think that this win moves them into the top four? <laughs> Granted, no top four team loses.
1: No, because Penn State's they... 20. Okay. Because...
0: Um, I I, I could see them hopping Oklahoma.
1: Because Oklahoma plays Texas Tech. Tech If Texas Tech keeps it close, then maybe I could see. Obviously, if Texas Tech gets the upset, they move into number four, no questions asked. But if Texas Tech keeps it close, Oklahoma struggles, then maybe I could possibly see it. But even then, it's, I don't know. Just because Oklahoma is still undefeated. Again, they're like. They shouldn't be, but it a a team with a, a loss on their record versus a team that doesn't have a loss. It's like statistically they're a better team, or like on or not statistical well, like record wise, like they're a better team. But again, I'm not on that college football committee, so who knows what they're thinking? But um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But yeah, they're going over to the other Big Ten game probably really the game of the week. Michigan at Michigan State, number six at number eight. Um, Michigan four-point favorites on the road. What are you feeling for this one?
0: I think Michigan State. I think Sparty gets it done at home in East Lansing. I feel like they get it done. Um, Yeah, I really feel like they're going to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... I think it's really a toss up. I mean, cuz M- Michigan State home team gets 3.5 points no matter what. You take that away, it's a half point spread.
0: In college, I don't think it I don't think they have that. Oh, they don't. I don't think so.
1: I don't know. I mean, looking at pulling up uh Michigan State's last couple last couple of weeks here. They barely beat Indiana last week, which I mean Indiana's no pushover, but um their season was was on the line there. Um couple of weeks ago, had to get that win on, in overtime versus Nebraska. Um I don't know. I mean, for the sake for the sake of Michigan and I guess playing the other side of the coin, I'll say Michigan goes in to eat to goes on the road and gets it done um i feel like this is kind of jim harbaugh's last push to show that he still deserves to be the coach of that team i mean it's gonna be a close game i i think it's gonna be a and it's a matter of two different kind of sides of the coin too because michigan i feel like is very they want to have a lot of time of possession they have super long drives, and then on the flip side, Michigan State. Um. The, who's a receiver? Reed. Yeah, Jaden Reed. Um. They try the big chunk plays to him, so they're it's kind of two different offenses where Michigan's going to try to slow down the game. Michigan State's going to try to come out and score quick. It's a matter of who can keep the pace of the game how they want it. Um. But, yeah, I'll say Michigan gets the win on the road. A couple other games to mention here. Georgia at Florida, number one uh, at Florida. Again, an SEC matchup. Florida, though, on rank, did go toe-to-toe with Alabama a couple weeks ago. Um, Georgia only 14-point favorites on the road.
0: Yeah, the Swamp's a tough place to play. Yeah. But – I feel like the Bulldogs are going to dog walk them.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, obviously, a lot on the line keeping that one spot. I don't think they're going to lose it to to Florida. Um, I got we uh, briefly talked about Texas Tech at Oklahoma. Possible upset alert there is Oklahoma, even though with Caleb Johnson uh, in there, he's looked good, kind of turned that team around, but nonetheless. Uh, there's no offense in the big 12 or there's no defense in the big 12. So could be a high scoring back and forth game of whoever gets the ball last wins. So that's a potential upset alert there. And then the last game I have worth mentioning Ole Miss at Auburn. Um, Again, another sec game. Uh, What are their ranks here? Ole Miss is 10. Auburn is 18. So chance for Auburn to move up the ranks. Ole Miss with their only loss to Alabama, looking to stay in that top ten, uh, should be another good game there. And yeah, kind of coming down the stretch here, week eight of college fo- or week nine of college football, um, past that halfway point now. So a lot of good games this week. Kind of last couple of weeks have been kind of dull. Usually one or two games are like, oh yeah, those should be good ones. This week is really five or six of them that are like have implications of getting back into the top 10, possibly getting in the top four, or just looking to get an upset. But yeah, um, all those games going on this weekend should be fun to watch. Uh, wrapping up our episode here today, Feel Good Friday stories. What do you got this week?
0: Yeah, so I, I kind of have two uh, moments here. First, talking about Georgia, um, just like we were, running back, Zamir White, who is their top running back, uh, top running back in the country. His story about how basically he was so little when he was born that literally they gave him two weeks to live. And he came back. um, Turns out he was born, he was one pound. Hmm. Yeah. So really, really small, and um, his mom said, "We're not terminating this. We're no matter what's wrong, we're gonna let him be born, do all that type of thing." And his grandmother, who told his mom that the doctor is not God and doesn't have the last say. If he comes out, and takes a breath, takes a breath, and goes, he goes. If he stays alive, stays alive. Whatever the case may be, turns out ended up. Becoming the top running back in the country for Georgia. Um, He's definitely going to be, he's not NFL potential this year, um, 2022. So next season, he'll be able to enter the NFL draft. Um, I think, I think this kid is going to be top five pick. He stays healthy. He reminds me of Adrian Peterson back in the day, running for Oklahoma, Um, strong, fast, powerful runner. I'm not one of these just small little guys that the Aaron Jones, you know, like the small little running backs kind of that we saw that little flux come through. Um, but yeah, so that was my first feel good Friday moment. Uh, shout out to Zamir and then second, just real quick, just about the longevity of LeBron. Um, he actually played against one of his son's former high school teammates this last week in Zaire Williams. Um, he just said it was really weird because I remember watching this kid play in high school with my kid. <laughs> and now I got to play against them on the court. So um, I just thought that was a really cool moment. Shout out to both of those guys. And yeah, that's got to be pretty strange playing your friend's dad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and when you word it like that, it's definitely... I mean, it's a very like. A, hey,
0: man, we, we playing video games today. Yeah, oh, I got to get off at five because I got to play your dad
1: tonight. Down at yeah, the center. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, my story for the week again, circling back to that Thursday night game last night. Um, Rasul Douglas, Packers DB, a third round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles back in 2017. Until this year, had never spent a day of his NFL career on a practice squad. After three years with the Eagles, spent last season with the Panthers. This year, Douglas was cut by both the Raiders and Texans. His only option was uh, at the beginning of the season was with the Cardinals practice squad. 22 days ago, Douglas got the call from Green Bay to come aid a banged-up Packers secondary. Last night, it all came full circle when Douglas got the game-winning interception versus his former team. Shout-out to another amazing story of a guy getting a shot in the big stage and making the most of it um again in his presser last night after the game he's like yeah he was like just seemed kind of shell-shocked like he he still never realized it happened he was like yeah it's the first time I ever won a game like that and um uh, i can't remember who it was i think it was Sat- savage or somebody came over and he's like you said you're gonna get a pick to pick today it's like and you did it and he's like but and like he was just super like again he seems shell-shocked he wasn't like super hyped and, like, like you could tell he's excited that they won the game, but, like, I'm sure it's setting in now that, holy shit, I just won our, the game last night uh, on a primetime stage against my former team. So, um yeah, shout out to him. I mean, obviously, Packers have made good moves. Russell Douglas less than a month ago. Pick him up. He gets the game winner. Randall Cobb comes back by the hands of Aaron Rodgers. He gets the two touchdowns from Rodgers on the game. So, As a Packers fan, one, it's good to see a win, and two, holy shit, we made some moves that actually worked out for us. So, yeah, that's all I got for the week. Um,
0: Sounds good. Then the last thing I have here that just came out, San Francisco 49ers D-tackle Javon Kinlaw out for season after he had knee surgery today. So um, that's another loss for that 49ers team that is currently going through some stuff as they battle the Seahawks for who's going to be the worst in that division this year. Uh, I feel like it's going to be with those two teams, maybe kind of flip-flopping. Maybe Seattle pulls, pulls out when Russell gets back, but who knows? We'll see. Um, thanks everyone for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Um, all the love and support keeps pouring in. Uh, we feel it. We love it. Um, the Packers even felt that last night. All you Packers supporters.
1: Yeah, that was unreal to see last night.
0: You knew that they were going to win. Yeah, big game, big college football games tomorrow. Um, I'll have to recap those after I uh, get home from work. But yeah, other than that, hope everybody has a great weekend. Um, Action-packed, filled weekend. You got MLB could be finishing up this weekend, World Series. You have hockey and the NBA going on at the same time. And then you also have... College football and the NFL, kind of right around those times of year where the games really mean um, a whole bunch. So have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe, and we will see you guys on Monday. Have a
1: great weekend.